This is your source for genre news, album reviews, and commentary on all things heavy. The Mailbox. Here are your hosts, Brendan Flum and George Fong. Welcome back to the Metal Pod, episode three, titled "Ads Sell, But Who's Voting?" Speaking of voting, you should go out and vote. Actually, never mind, because the, the air date when this episode airs, the election will have already happened, right? Correct. We'll have a new leader uh, of the United States, Commander in Chief, the Army, the Navy, the Marines, all, all, all of it, all of that. Uh, and then uh, to kick us off, Brendan, what are you wearing today? I. On the subject of politics, I'm repping my Megadeth, uh, my only Megadeth shirt. Uh, mm-hmm. Got this on their 2016 tour in support of Dystopia, their latest album. Cool. Um, probably one of the best metal lineups I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And the last metal show I saw at uh, Joe Louis Arena, um, before that got torn down, the lineup was Megadeth, Suicidal Tendencies, who else was there? Amonomarth. Uh, Metal Church Butcher Babies. Monomarth is really, really good live. They have like yes. the boat. Did they have the boat? They did have the boat. Oh, and then the dragon has like steam coming out of the yep. head. And yeah. the swords and shields. <laughs> the whole shebang. It was great. Oh my goodness. When when I saw them uh, with Brendan at Download, I cried. Yeah, you during told me. Our, During <laughs> Guardians of Asgard, I started oh, yeah. tearing up. I was like, it, yeah, I, I'm Nordic today. <laughs> of course, and seeing metal like that in... Europe is yeah. It was a yeah. It was a whole experience. experience. Yeah, yes. it was awesome. Great. Um, I took off my battle jacket, not battle jacket, because I was hot. Flannel. Uh, yeah, flannel. Mine today. Here you go. Marilyn Manson patch. Got it at a thrift store. Probably. It's on top of my emperor patch. That's for a different day though. Um, Marilyn Manson today. Uh, obviously very involved in politics and has been the. Uh, been the target of many media outlets for various political uh political happenings as we um, discussed last week yeah as we discussed last week we'll be getting way more into that this week because yeah. we will be talking about politics yep it's um, election week so yep. we figured this is a good opportunity to talk about the role of politics in metal so yeah. who do you think the new leader of the free world will be by the time this episode airs who do i think it will be who do you think it will be who do i think is going to win the election yeah is what you're asking me uh the polls say Biden, so I'm going to just say that for the sake of what the polls say. Uh, polls have been, they've been known to be wrong. 2016, they were wrong, but we'll see. Agreed. I, I, I really don't know. I think it's going to be closer than people think. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can cut that if we need to. Yeah. Metal news. Rob Zombie is releasing his seventh solo album, The Lunar. Injection, cool, aid, eclipse, conspiracy. Good lord, that is a mouthful. Why are they always so long? <laughs> I know it's great. I love it. I feel like, all right. So this is his seventh album, Hellbelly Deluxe. Fantastic. Um, educated horses in there. What's the one in between? Uh, something regenerative rat vendor. 
Yeah, that's one of the newer. I was just like gonna. I don't remember because there was a certain point. Hellbilly Deluxe Two, I think, was his fourth album, mm-hmm. and then after that is when he went crazy with the titles. Yeah, like like you said, Rat Regeneration Vendor, uh, Acid Witch, Electric Warlock, Orgy Dispenser, something like that. Oh my that. goodness! And then yeah, now this one, the Lunar Injection Kool Aid <laughs> Eclipse Conspiracy. Drink the Kool Aid. Yeah. Did you get that reference? I I did. Okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's Drink supposed to come out in March of. 2021 so um and then he did release a single i saw it on his instagram yep um the day before halloween yes which is perfect for him triumph of the king freak yes what'd you think i i liked it solid heavy Uh, yeah had a cool it 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 was about a minute and 14 seconds before the vocals came in yeah um lots of of samples yeah kind of a slow burn cool little funky little uh middle instrumental part yeah i liked it yeah um sticking on the subject of John 5, obviously, being in Rob Zombie. Uh, John 5 and David Lee Roth, the original vocalist for Van Halen, uh, they wrote a song together in tribute to Eddie Van Halen, who obviously passed away. That song is called Somewhere Over the Rainbow Bar and Grill, in reference to the Rainbow Bar and Grill on the uh, Sunset Strip, which is where they were from, actually. Um, and, yeah, we said in the pilot that John 5 said... Eddie was his favorite guitar player of all time, right? Is that yep. how it went? Yeah, mm-hmm. so him and David Lee Roth did that song. It's, uh, it's acoustic, so it's a different kind of John 5, but it's mm. it's a heartfelt, nice tribute. So Link in the description. Check that out if you are a fan of either of those guys. Yeah, of course. Yep. Um, new music as well. Uh, Pantera Reinventing the Steel. That was my pick of the week last week. Uh, that came out the same day Rob dropped his song, which was the day before Halloween. Yeah. Uh, so much better than I thought it was going to be. Like, I, I knew it was going to be great, but, like, the new mix, I was not expecting it to be that heavy, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, good. Terry Date, their, like, OG producer, like, he did the the prior three albums before Reinventing the Steel. Didn't do Reinventing the Steel back then for whatever reason, but he he did a mix for this reissue, and mm. it's a lot heavier than than the original, in my opinion. So. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I don't know how I feel about remasters. Uh, yeah, I'm typically, but it's Pantera, so I'm going to listen right, to right. it. Right, right, It's a cool little thing. I, I, the thing I don't like about remasters is how Spotify only has the remastered version of albums. Correct. When I listen to an artist for the first time, I want to hear the original LP, the way that they heard it back whenever it was first released, and then mm-hmm. I'll go back and listen to the reissues. I don't want to listen to a remastered. It's a different sound. It is. You're totally right about that. And even listening to it on streaming is different than, like, Let's say, like, you did buy that album back in the day on, on vinyl. That's eh, what a lot of people say. They yeah, say I mean, vinyl sounds better. Can you really tell? Yeah, you can. The bass, at least, sounds a lot more... Audiophiles, can you tell the difference between an LP, a cassette, a I goddamn 8-track? It's... It's bassier on the vinyl? Yeah, I think you can hear all the instruments better, in my opinion. That's just me, though. It's, I, it could be different for everybody. Okay. But, um, let's do a blind test. I'll do a blind test on you. Yeah, let's let's do that. that You're not going to tell the difference. That's a cool little skit. I mean, who knows, honestly. The <laughs> streaming services do a pretty good job for the most part, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the difference between vinyl and... There is a factual difference that vinyl is the actual waveform because mm-hmm. it's, it's a groove. But digital, right. it's like... It looks like a square. Or it looks like a grid. There's like something lost in the transfer process, yes. I feel like. But it's very minimal. Yeah, I feel like, but going from vinyl to cassette to CD, I feel like CD is not, doesn't, they don't have the, the best sound, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe. Also, it depends on what you're playing it off of. 
Yeah, you know that's what I mean? true. That's very true. Because most people play CDs in their cars. Right. Um, but in fact, vinyl is in fact a more accurate, um, a more accurate representation of the waveform of the acoustics of the song. Fair um, enough. Speaking yeah. of acoustics, though, uh, part of the reinventing the steel it was a three disc thing. Uh, one of the discs was just like all instrumental tracks hmm. of each song. I didn't listen to that. Didn't care for but it. But I'm sure it was awesome as well. Uh, there were some, also some unreleased tracks. Uh, one of them is going to be my song rack for later, so I'll, I'll, I won't say that one yet. But there's uh, Hole in the Sky, a cover of Black Sabbath. Uh, that's been previously released on their Greatest Hits album, I think. Uh, still a banger every time. But they also covered Sabbath's Electric Funeral, which is hmm. also sick. So um, There's some demos on there too, right? I think so, yeah. There's okay. like radio edits of some songs, which I mean, I don't care for that. But, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a good reissue, I think. Mm-hmm. Very happy with it overall. Um, yep, check it out. Yeah. Uh, another big thing that was announced this week, um, there's this new reality singing show, but it's not... I don't know about you, but I'm sick of all this mass singer, American the singer, Idol. There's that one show with, where you don't sing. Yeah. You just mime it, I and that's the singing show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm just sick it. of all that shit, and they're finally doing something cool now. It's it's a new show called No Cover, um, hosted by Kellen Quinn of Sleeping With Sirens. Um, what? Keep Go ahead. <laughs> the judges on the show are going to be Alice Cooper, um, Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, Gavin Rossdale from Bush, and Tosin Abasi, who's the guitarist oh, yeah. for Animals as Leaders. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the premise of the show, instead of just singing modern pop hits, it's all original music by bands. Well, it sounds like it's going to be kind of, you know, geared towards heavier kind of yeah. music. Yeah. I'm guessing. I mean, look at the judges panel. Exactly. So That's kind of cool. I'm excited for that, yeah. honestly. Like, it's something new. Um Something that I don't think's been done before. So yeah, last one though. Uh Search Tankian from System of a Down. Uh them being an Armenian American band. Uh and they've discussed the Armenian genocide in in their music. Uh typically we don't really talk about politics like this, but this being a political themed episode during election week, it's you probably felt it was important. Yeah. Uh he's he's warning of another potential Armenian genocide because of some uh, conflict uh, in, I don't even know how to say the name of the city, Art Artsakh? I don't know. It's in Armenia, I guess. Okay. Um, don't really know the details, but I mean, obviously, when the actual Armenian genocide happened, the, the who was it, the Ottoman Empire or Turkey, uh, they like denied responsibility for the longest time. Yep. Which is obviously pretty messed up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if it's great to see musicians like this because they have this the powers of celebrity, you know, like they yeah. can bring that kind of stuff to the limelight, which is obviously the best way to use your power like that. So, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And it's um, it's good too because for another reason is uh, a lot of the time the, their labels or their managers will be like, oh, don't say anything about it. Right. We won't. We don't want you to get too polarizing. Like mm-hmm. you know, just. Um, yeah, so it's good that he's um, putting himself out there and um, talking about things that are important to him and right. that matter. And System of a Down is one of those bands, I don't know if you've heard about other news with them lately, but Surge is a very left-wing, liberal kind of guy, but mm-hmm. their drummer, uh, John Dolmayan, I think is his name, he is like an avid Trump supporter, which you wouldn't think would be the case in a band 
like system where in the past they've been very anti-Bush uh, during that era, anti-war. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of strange. Yeah, but I don't. I I can't comment on that. That's kind of weird. Yeah, but. I mean, I, all the members are Armenian, obviously, but yeah, just the, different you, strokes for different folks. I guess I suppose. I, I guess. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess on that note, we can get into our main subjects of politics and metal. I guess the biggest question is, do politics belong in metal? I mean, a lot of people, we've, as we've discussed, want to listen to music as a form of escape. Uh, so politics and music is different for everybody. Yeah. I know you and me like it because, it, as we just said, it, it addresses bigger, bigger issues. Yeah. And uh, the way they talk about it, it's, it's a form of escape in a different way because they talk about stuff that actually matters. It's like you're escaping, but you're, like, grounded at the same time. You're mm-hmm. still, like, in the context of what's going on in the world. Right. It's like it, you can uh, express your frustration at something that's actually happening, um, I feel like is how it usually goes. Right. Um, I guess we can start at the beginning um, and stay on the on the subject of, of genocide. Uh, Judas Priest was... Their 1975 album, I think it was, Sad Wings of Destiny, they they have a song called Genocide on there that, I mean, as you could probably infer... It's talk, about genocide. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that album also has a song called Tyrant, which is mm. an all-time favorite Judas Priest song for me. It's mm. absolute flair. But uh, they, them and Black Sabbath, of course, with uh, War Pigs and other songs on Paranoid and every other Ozzy right. album for that matter, uh, they were like the first ones to kind of address uh, politics. And I think the biggest thing about, you, when you think about war and music, you think metal is the genre that is going to go be, to war with. Exactly. But looking back, it's, it's, there's so many, so many bands are, they have anti-war anthems, you know? Right. Like War Pigs, of course. Yep. Um, Metallica has many. Um, yep. Uh, not to move on too quickly, but um, no, that's right. yeah, uh, Metallica also supports veterans. Um, yep, they're all very anti-war. Uh, one, um, the whole in- the entire Injustice for All album. Yep, um, the biggest political. atrocity with that album is the the bass, but <laughs> the, bass. the message is God good. Damn. Um, I had uh, for whom the bell tolls. Yep, that's a good one for sure. Um, and all these, I mean, one and for whom the bell tolls. Those are based on uh, books. I mean. One is based on, I think the book is called Johnny Got His Gun, and which was turned into a movie, and the, there's clips from the movie there and the one music video. Mm. Um, I mean... That one is about a guy that loses his limbs, right? Right. And it's metal for that fact, because, I mean, that's kind of a pretty heavy subject matter. Yeah. But uh, it's... And I feel like Slayer is another band kind of in the same realm as Metallica. They They talk about war and things like that. Even more so. Yeah, then Slayer gets more graphic with it. Yeah, like they're the, Slayer is like the band I feel like that you would think of like how you said that you would go to war with. Yes, listening to and you think by them talking about that, it's them like supporting it, supporting war. But I, the way I see it, it's like they're the lyrics are so ugly and disturbing. It's like, why would you ever want war based on all this stuff that they're saying? Mm-hmm. Like and war it, ensemble is some of the most brutal lyrics. Yeah. 
Like, Angel of Death. Yeah. That, I mean, that really right. happened. That's about um, a Nazi uh, doctor. That, Joseph Mengele. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, did experiments on people. Um, yeah, so. I, I think a part of it, too, is it's like, they, they, they get so graphic with it also because people want to ignore it and they don't want to think about the fact that it happened, but they're like, no, like, this did happen and it's, it, we have to recognize that or it's going to happen again. Exactly. Kind of deal. And that's what we were just talking about with Surge and System. Like, mm -hmm. like the, to... these, these songs, these old ones uh, are still relevant. Like, yeah. genocide, that's happening right now. I know. Um, and I mean, literally, war pigs, generals gathered in their masses. Just like witches at black masses. I mean, it's a dope lyric. It's it's one of the only one of the few songs where you can rhyme the same word in a row like that. It sounds cool, but it's still sick. Um, I mean, when that song came out, that was like the whole peace and love hippie era. Yeah, yeah. And then right. <laughs> Black Sabbath comes along. It's like there's the Vietnam War is going on right now. Yeah, like you like, guys are tripping on acid at Woodstock, and yeah. there's like a whole war being fought. Yeah, and a, another song on Paranoid that's very much like that is Hand of Doom that talks about um, the, the effects of soldiers getting home from Vietnam and like mm. uh, getting addicted to drug, getting addicted to drugs and uh, abusing them for a, escapism, psychedelic purposes, whatever, just to cure whatever they saw. PTSD. Over there. Yeah, so I mean... Uh, Sticking on the, as as you brought up with Metallica, they do a lot for veterans, which is obviously awesome. Uh, and Slayer, uh, Eyes of the Insane from Christ Illusion. That's another thing with Slayer, though. They they're very religious. Um, obviously, they're very and they have religious imagery. Right. Repentless. That album cover is so hard. It is very hard, and so is Christ Illusion. Obviously, I mean, yeah. both the original album cover for God Hates Us All was. A bloody Bible. I have probably seen it. The new one is much more toned down. Yeah, but still like upside down crosses. Right, so right, it's right. still. It's uh, just text and graphics. It's yeah. not really an image, but um, yeah, well, yeah. And then Christ illusion is literally the the cover is Jesus with his arms cut off in like a sea of dead bodies. Mm. So they and from that album Eyes of the Insane, which is about a uh, veteran suicide during the the war on terror in Iraq. Uh, yeah. I'm going to get into it later with my one hot minute about all this kind of stuff, but okay. Um, yeah, another, th I feel like thrash in general, I mean, Megadeth obviously we're about to get into, but mm -hmm. I feel like thrash is uh, the most political of the subgenres, unless you could, I know there's this whole thing in, yeah. in Poland. Uh, I mean, I, you, you're obviously the black metal guy, but Poland apparently has this genre called like nationalist black metal where it's literally all i've heard of that i think yeah i i like i said i don't listen to black metal all that much yeah and especially not polish political black metal so i mean i i don't know anything much about it but there's also another subgenre of foreign metal where it's like um neo-nazi black metal like neo-nazi black metal that's not it's it's white it's like white supremacy right in black it could metal. be the same one. It, it might be the same thing, about, but yeah. um, yeah, it gets weird, man. It does. Uh, there, there is a subgenre of metal that is that. Not to stray too far from uh, thrash. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Thrash is probably the most politically charged uh, metal genre. I don't know why that is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got in here like I Sodom, mean, right? Sodom. They, they have this whole album about uh, Vietnam. I mean, Agent Orange is, yep. is the name of the album, which was. Obviously, the, the chemical, a, that they a used chemical weapon they used, which 
Uh, one of my family members, actually, my great uncle, died from effects of uh, Agent Orange way back in the day. Was that later on after he came back from Vietnam? Yeah, after okay. he, I mean, and obviously, I, I never knew him, but uh, yeah, it's still kind of messed up to think about. Yeah, I mean, you're dying from war, and you're not even in the war. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's the after effects. Sodom uh, addressed that for sure. Sacred Reich is uh, another thrash band who addresses more environmental issues as we're going to get in, into more of that later but mm-hmm. Sepultura as well they're Do you like old Sepultura or new Sepultura? I'm not a big new Sepultura fan. Yeah, but their vocalist is heavy. He is he is really sick, but it's just not the same without the Cavaleras to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge Max Cavalera fan. Soulfly's awesome. Nail Bomb is awesome. Cal- everything is a he band does. called Nail Bomb? Nail Bomb, yeah. That sounds cool. They have one album and it's very very oh, I think, political. I think I've heard of it, that band, but I've, I've never listened, so... The the album cover is like a child soldier. Okay. So that tells you all you need to know right there. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, Sepultura, Max is a very uh, very socially conscious kind of guy. He, he loves world music, and he tries to incorporate that mm-hmm. into Sepultura f- for one, and then more so Soulfly. Um, but yeah, being from Brazil, they... Uh, Brazil's been known to be one of the more politically corrupt countries mm-hmm. and uh, not really respecting their indigenous peoples. Mm-hmm. So Max and Igor brought that up a lot in uh, Sepultura. I mean, Refuse Resist from KSID is still one of the heaviest protest kind of songs. Yeah. Uh, that music video is awesome. It's got like the Tiananmen Square footage. Oh, I've not seen it. Yeah, it's, but pr- I, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um, even Roots on Roots, they're the Cavalera's last album in Sepultura before <laughs> that went haywire. Uh, roots is about, like, Roots, Bloody Roots. It's it's about the kind history. of messed up history of Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they, they like to address that. Um, and I guess the last big thrash band we haven't got into his Megadeth. Save the best for last. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa there, buddy. <laughs> what do you mean? Best thrash band? If I... Not best... I'm not saying they're the best thrash band. I'm saying in terms of politics. When okay. I, when okay, I like okay. listening to politics and metal, Megadeth is my go-to. Okay. Rage, Rage is a close second, which we're obviously going to get into. Later, right. But, uh, All right, what you got? For Megadeth, I mean, dude, every album is political when you yeah. think about it. Um. I mean, the title of this episode that you named it is Ad Sell, but who's voting? So, I mean, that's a play on Peace Sells, but who's buying? Right. Uh, which, that, is a gr- which is a great album, by the way. Uh, yeah. When did that come out? 80, 86. 86. Wow. Yeah. So, he, he left Metallica to make that Yeah. in the same year that they released their first album, Metallica. What? <laughs> What? I, said, <laughs> I worded that really f***ed up. Yeah, you did. I said, it's okay. I, I meant Dave left Metallica to mm-hmm. create this album and released it the same year that Metallica re- released their first album that Dave was on that he left. What album would that be? Kill Them All. That came out in 83. That wasn't 86? 86 was Master Puppets, which is also a very big year for politics in metal right there. Oh, wow. You got okay. two huge Master and Peace Cells in the same year that's... It's a lot of politics yeah. going on. Yeah, okay. I, I had my dates wrong. I, I always thought it was uh, 1986 that Kill 'Em All came out. Um, 83 was Kill 'Em All. But yeah. 
Either way, still close enough. I mean, right. Uh, Megadeth's first album was "Killing Is My Business." Mm-hmm. That's that was just a revenge album for Dave to kind of get back at Metallica in a way. Yeah, it, it, it still sounds pretty good. I mean, yeah, it sounds great. It's not bad. Yeah, it's great. It's just pedal yeah. pedal to the metal. Yeah. Fuck you guys in Metallica. You you can definitely tell that that was the intent behind it too. Oh, absolutely. And then following that up with one of the best thrash, best one of the best metal albums of all time in Peace Cells. I mean, the cover itself is political. It's it's a futuristic, uh, dystopian, dystopian destroyed United Nations uh, behind Vic, and it says obviously for sale. He sells, but who's buying, right? Right. That's that is one of the, I I will defend that music video forever. Best music video. I've not seen it. Oh, dude. He sells. It's so sick. Oh. It's like one of those OG MTV classic videos, but it's okay. like it's actually a good video, you know? Okay. It's like what a good eighties eighties video could be. Like most sure. of, most of them are shit, but that right, one right. is hmm. it's fantastic. Cool. Um. If you want to talk about Master a little bit, because that was the same year, I'll let you go for it. I mean, there's... Yeah, Master of Puppets was more about, uh, like, drug addiction, I feel like. Yeah. Master of Puppets That's what the, like, the song itself is about, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, they have, um... Is Disposable Heroes on that? Yeah. Yeah, that's obviously about um, war and um, soldiers dying and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the most political songs. Yeah. Probably ever, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um... What else is on there? Leopard Messiah. They, 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 that's what I'm saying. They have a couple outliers, which is yeah, of, of course, fun songs. Um, um, Welcome home. Yeah, it's. I mean that. I feel like the the covers of these albums, in themselves, are a huge part of the political. I feel like the cover is like a political statement in a way, because mm-hmm. that that one obviously, the Master Puppets album cover is a bunch of grapes with the master strings, kind of thing. So it's right. like. You know, it's like death in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, war is death. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, other Megadeth stuff, though. Rust in Peace came out in 1990, like the height of the Cold War shortly thereafter. Um, also a great album cover Yep. with uh, Bush Sr. and Gorbachev. It's I sick. forgot. Yeah, no, yeah, it's cool. There's like the alien, right? Yeah. Okay. Alien in the case of the pig standing in the room. That is so funny. Sweet. Um, yeah, I mean, there's uh, Rust in Peace, Polaris, that yeah. song. It's about a warhead that's going to yeah. cause nuclear fallout. They literally that's... named the song after the, the warhead company, Polaris. So right. I, mean, I forgot that the Cold War happened and that everyone was really scared of dying. I know, right? Like, <laughs> Our parents, right? Or are probably their parents' parents. Two generations above us. Like, are you talking the 50s? Like, was, that, was that the 50s and the 60s? Yeah, that was when, like... Our grandparents. Yeah. They were the ones that were going through that. Um, yeah, like hiding under a desk. Yeah. Wearing like a nuclear bomb yeah, test, like a desk is going to help you. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, uh, should we move on to... Uh, move on to Ashes in Your Mouth? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a biblical reference, uh, of course. Uh, imagine a world where it's just so devastated that ashes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's where the title of that song comes from. Yep. Um, Holy Wars... I mean, that's on Rust in Peace. Ashes in Your Mouth is on Countdown to, Extin- Countdown to Extinction, the follow-up to Rust in Peace. But Holy War is obviously another song where the name, or the, the statement they're trying to make is in the title of the song. 
that's, yeah. that's about the whole Irish Catholics versus Protestants thing. And even Dave's, uh, they've, they've caught some flack for that. Um, they were playing in support of that album back in the day uh, in Ireland, and he, like, brought it up. And they, like, got banned from Ireland for a period of time or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't really okay. remember the details, but... Uh, yeah, and even their their newer stuff. I mean, dystopia right here. It's about like the future of mankind if we keep acting the way we do, which is not right. good. Uh, so, Gear, Gears of War on United Abominations, <laughs> another great album title right there. Uh, the system has failed. Another album. Yeah, yeah. See what I mean though? Like Megadeth, like he just, he's so outspoken about it. Like he's not afraid to go go after it. He he also. Um, Practices black magic, or he used to. He used to, yeah. That? He's like, yeah, like the Conjuring. Yeah, he's, exactly. he's talked about the Conjuring. He's like, yeah, I stopped. I had to stop playing the Conjuring because yeah, it was just getting way too dangerous. Right. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the most superstitious kind of guy, honestly. I'm pretty, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not free willing. Yeah. yeah, and it, it's just really funny. He's like, yeah, I can't play the Conjuring yeah. anymore. Yo, he's the like, song is so good though. So it's like, it is. It's fire. Can you keep I'll, playing it? I know, right? <laughs> it sucks. He's like a. I mean, it he's, a, he's a like a born again Christian. Exactly, that's yeah. what I was just about to say. I, I'm not saying that sucks. Like, good for him, but like, not. He's been known to say like, if you if you fuck around with black magic like that, it's, okay. it's eventually going to come back and bite you in the ass, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I just think it's, it's so funny to read about how Dave was like, yeah, back in the day, I would try to conjure up spirits. And, yeah. Um, I would do it through playing guitar. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like it's so sick. Yeah, he was like, he talks about how like music is one of the ways that you can like perform a hex or something yeah like, the patterns um yeah in, in like in the scales and shit and then uh he supposedly like put a spell in the conjuring like a black yeah. magic spell like either through With the his, lyrics or through the, his guitar playing. yeah yeah whatever it is but yeah. that's so sick yeah, it's cool. and it's a great song which obviously i wish he still played but <laughs> he can't man i know it's <laughs> too dangerous for him to play that the black magic <laughs> um yeah, not not quite a thrash band. They're like grindcore, I guess you would consider Napalm Death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're also more on the environmental side. Um, they're all they're all vegans. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, like they they love animal rights, which I've I like that a lot. Um, yeah, it's cool. Barney, their singer, actually like helped uh, South South Africa during the apartheid area era um he like literally was a protester for um i don't really know the history of apartheid all that well but mm-hmm. i know nelson mandela was somehow involved in that yeah need to check on my world history again but there you go. i just think it's sweet that a metal singer cared about his like the lyrics that he like pretty much you know were on his sleeve for he he went Right in the thick of the the conflict, you know. Yeah, which is awesome. Very cool. Uh, Holy shit! I should close my window. It's all good. Um, We like dogs. Animal rights, right? Hate dogs. (laughs) Don't add that in the episode. But yeah, uh, they pumped out. Like we saw them open for Slayer. Slayer. Slayer and Lamb of God. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, very Um, good. Yeah. Um, Should we move into Rage? Absolutely. Go for it. One of the main bands, uh, one of the probably the best political metal band of all time, by far, uh, Rage Against the Machine. It's in the name. Yes. Uh, 
every song is a protest anthem pretty much on their first album at least yep um and yeah and they like we were just saying about napalm death they've been known to protest as well yeah so they they really they really do it mm-hmm. um, they, they were at uh i was talking to brendan before we recorded the episode they were at coachella and they mm-hmm. tie, they like they taped themselves up like completely naked and oh, it was that? I didn't know it was that severe like that. But. Yeah, and they, they, they like taped their mouths and wrote yeah. uh, political messages mm-hmm. and flashed the picture on the screen. Um, yeah, they, they protest as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the thick of it, yeah. yeah, I mean, Zach, the singer, and Tom, they're both, uh, both African American. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Brad and Tom are, I think, I don't know what Brad is. I think they're both just random white guys but okay <laughs> either way it's I mean that's racial harmony at its best in my opinion and that's why Rage is awesome because it's black guys and white guys in a band trying to get their message across which yeah. is absolutely sick and mm-hmm. my song wreck from last week Point the Finger Body Count and Ronnie Gale it's kind of the same thing yeah it's so, good yeah it's great um yeah I just love that shit um like you said the first album is uh Anthem after anthem very, after. yeah, very politicized. Every song is political. You could spin it anyway. I mean, look at "Killing in the Name." I mean, that's about police brutality. That's yeah. that's those some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Exactly. I mean, that's that's relevant. Those yesterday. who die are justified wearing the badge for the chosen one. Yeah, like come on now. And yeah. that came out in '99, right? The first album was '92. 92. And it's still so relevant today. Yeah. Which is... Like even more than it was, maybe. Yeah, like, exactly. Insane. Same with Megadeth. I mean, I know you said Rage by far, but they're, like I said, Rage, they're they're the top two for me. And I mean, yeah. it's in the name. Megadeth is, uh, is it's like a warning against nu- nuclear warfare, because Megadeth, obviously, Rage Against the Machine is like just fighting the system. Um, yeah, it's sick. Uh, I mean, obviously their last, their last album, if you want to call it that, was a covers album, so not so much political, it's more just them playing other, yeah. other band songs, but... Right, which is fine, I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Evil Empire, that's, again, in the name, uh, the Battle of Los Angeles. Yeah, I kind of, that's where I fell off a little. Yeah, they're, they're one of the few bands where... Not one of the few bands. I feel like every band does this to an extent, but Rage, I notice more so. Each album gets worse as it goes on, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, not knocking them at all. Like, no, they're, no. they're still great albums, but. Yeah, but they progressively worse. I mean, how do you follow up to their first one? You yeah, know what I mean? I feel like after tough. they dropped that, they were just like, this is what we were made to do. Yeah. You know, like, this is. They came the out one. swinging. Yeah, and then it's like, when, when you start off so good, it's like, how can you even get better? Yeah. I, ideally, you would, but. Yeah. You know. I mean, you and me were just listening to Freedom. That's yeah, that's that closes the album. Like you can't, you can't top that, dude. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, their song "Wake Up" yeah. is at the end of the Matrix, which is so dope. Yeah, that is uh, like Township Rebellion. Yeah. Again, in the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had this debate. My favorite Rage song is um, I'm blanking right now. The one with Maynard. Uh, He's in that song. No, your enemy is what. It's oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, he's the one on like the back vocals. Yeah, the back vocals. That little quiet interlude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, oh, I never knew that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Because apparently Maynard, the singer, Maynard James Cannon, the singer of Tool, for those. Plus for and the Perfect Circle. Yeah. 
uh, he and Tom Morello, the guitar player for Rage, they were roommates at the time. Tool and Rage, they dropped their first albums pretty much at the same time. They were roommates? Yeah. And just in college or? Uh, no, I think in LA, like when they were just oh, living around, I guess, yeah. Um, That's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Maynard, though, he's from Michigan. Um, or like he lived in Michigan for, grew up in Michigan at some point. Uh, Tom Morello went to Harvard, so super educated guy. Went to Harvard? Yeah. He, he has like a master's in social studies, so he obviously, that, that, that ties into the, their aesthetic, obviously. Very Imagine you go to class and you see Tom Morello, I'm just like, oh, I yeah. would do. <laughs> I mean. I would be able to focus. Yeah, that'd be sick. Um, yeah. I mean, also in the 90s, Rage, Rage of course, but another political, I mean, if you want to talk about Manson right now, yeah. I'll, give, I'll give you the floor. Another big 90s, uh, Political artist. We don't even have Nine Inch Nails on this. I just realized that. Would, would you say they're political? No, but they have some political bangers. Yeah, they do. Like, um, happiness and slavery is kind of political in a way. Capital G. Yeah. What album is that on? It's on. Uh, Fragile. No, no, it's on. Uh, uh, what was it? I don't know. I don't year even know if that's on. Year zero. Year zero, maybe. I yeah. think it's on year okay. zero. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, okay. Um, yeah, speaking of 90s, uh, Marilyn Manson is also heavily politicized. Yeah. Uh, the main thing that, um, you know, he's known for back in the day is Columbine. Yeah, um, as we addressed last episode, unfortunately, he was... Yeah, he was blamed. I have this awesome article from uh, Rolling Stone magazine, and it's basically all about addressing that. Yeah. Um, give it a read if you want to, is where I'm going to pull a lot of stuff from what I'm about to say next. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they... They claimed that Eric Harris and Dylan were wearing Marilyn Manson-inspired shirts, right. and that they listened to him, mm-hmm. um, and therefore, you know, Marilyn Manson is the reason that they did what they did. Right. Um, but, yeah, like we said in the last episode, it was, um, you know, different people have different uh, opinions on, you know, how the influence of media, um, music, movies, books, whatever, on... Um, people's actions but as Marilyn Manson reiterated it's he, he, you know he, he's saying where were the parents at is it not the yeah. parents fault for not understanding what their children are consuming and how they're feeling and exactly you know like you're bad parenting you shouldn't just because you're a bad parent don't therefore blame Marilyn Manson for your shit, your shit shitty, job of, yeah yeah and uh this is a quote from that uh, article I was um, just talking about but he said America puts killers on the cover of Time magazine um, since their inception, and the media have turned killers into folk heroes. Yeah. It talks about Charles Manson yeah. and all that. You know, these these guys are famous for a reason because yeah. America has an obsession with serial killers. Yeah. And he's saying they just created two new ones with Eric Harris and Dylan Clevel. Um, don't be surprised for every kid who got who gets pushed around has two new idols. So you know, he's he's, he's saying you know, media is sensationalist. It is. Uh, they're putting the covers of. Or they're putting two serial killers on the covers of their magazines because they know it's going to sell and it's going to yeah. be shocking. And um, the magazine can say all they want, like, "Oh, you know, this is we're doing this because people need to know about this." But mm-hmm. it just encourages copycats. Exactly. Throughout history, we know that that's um, people copy. Um, that has often happened. Many yeah, that has often happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, with this with this particular topic, I had a funny, not funny story, I had a pretty messed up story. 
I knew this girl in high school. Uh, she had a spam Instagram account. A spam Instagram. A spam Instagram okay. account. So it's a private account. Like a Finsta. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And it's uh, it's basically for those of you who don't know, it's just a, an Instagram account that has a limited amount of followers, usually close friends. You po- you post things that you wouldn't post on a main account. Right. Um, and she would make fan cams of Columbine. You know how there's footage from Columbine. Right. You know what a fan cam is? Like her like re-editing it to make it look cool. Yeah. And put oh, like God. music over it. And she would always just post about them and be like, "Yeah, these guys are so cool." Yikes. Folks, th- this is exactly what we're talking about. This is <laughs> See, I feel like I've seen a lot in my life, yeah. but when I saw that, I was just like, "What is going on?" Humanity. And, I, and then I was like, yeah, maybe I should like report her or something, because she goes to my school. <laughs> oh, it, it wasn't like that. When you it, put it that way, it's I didn't even think about it like that. Just yeah, no, it, it wasn't like that. It was more of a fangirling, if you can even call it that kind of deal. It, it was an, an idolization of these two guys shooting up a school. And that's exactly what Marilyn Manson is saying. He's saying, don't advertise it like it's a TV show, yeah. which is what the, the media did. They're like, Look at what just happened. Isn't this a tragedy? Look at all this bad shit. Look at Marilyn Manson. Look at Ramstein, because they said that the kids also listen to Ramstein. Those two guys. What did, you can't even understand Ramstein. What are they going to tell you? Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, though, uh, Eric was uh, really into German, and he was oh, like a, oh, okay. So he actually like, knew German. A little bit. Okay. He wasn't German, though. But right, he just right. Knew, and, he, and apparently, he was like into um, like neo-Nazi ideals and stuff like that. But Which Ramstein is not. Not at all. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's messed up, dude. That's really messed up. Yeah, it is. Uh, but, you know, and then Hollywood uh, came after Columbine. Hollywood was... I should have wrote big to me to start doing that. I think Hollywood came out in 2003. I think Golden Age was 2003. Hollywood was 2001. Something like that. It was after 2000, maybe, I think. Even. It was after Yeah, no. either way, after. Um, and Marilyn Manson said it was a, it's a declaration of war. Uh, against yep. the media, and you can tell in all the songs. Target audience, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shakespeare was your scapegoat, and your apple sticking into my throat. Sorry, your Sunday smiles are rusty nails. Your crucifixion commercials failed. Fucker. You know that that's a <laughs> it's a commentary on the the, uh, the church, how the church has failed um, to you know save these kids um, from what they're doing. Right, and like Slayer, he's also very. Not very, but like he, he talks about religion a lot like that. Oh, 100%. Antichrist superstar, of course. He, he's very anti-Christian. Yeah. Um, the love song, Do You Love Your Guns, God, or Your Government, uh, that's yeah, a commentary. That is, that is a, I forgot about that song completely. Yeah, the NRA, Do You Love Guns? Should we have guns? Who knows? Um, yeah. But people are using them to kill. I mean, right. Europeans don't have guns. Yeah, dude, when we went to uh, England, no one... <laughs> no, they were like, yeah, we don't. What are you? What are you talking? Why about? do you have guns, bro? That's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, more people so get stabbed weird. over there because they don't have guns. But yeah, I mean, but still, like, yeah, I'd rather have a knife issue than a gun than issue. A gun you issue. Know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah, America definitely has a gun issue. Yeah. Um But uh, yeah, moving on from that, I mean, the nobodies is a direct um, address uh, song that addressed Columbine, mm-hmm. um, just saying how. Disposable teens is on Hollywood as well. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Another good one. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for that. Yeah, and about that same time, if Hollywood came out in 2000, that's kind of when System was getting bigger on the come up, and I feel like there wasn't uh System to me is the most 
political since rage. I feel like rage kind of, not physically obviously, but like they passed the torch in a way. Like there was rage in the 90s and system in the 2000s. Uh, they're obviously pretty political being an Armenian band, as we mentioned, Armenian-American. Armenian uh, they've talked about genocide in their music and Surge still is today, obviously, as we discussed. Um, BYOB, probably their most um, politically charged song, stands for Bring Your Own Bombs mm. in response to the uh, Iraq War. Um, and then them being a from Middle Eastern heritage that I'm sure that war was very difficult for them to deal with being American and Middle Eastern at the same time like that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah, they just kind of pull it, put it all out there in the music. Uh, another one of those bands where every album has its political aspect. I mean, the name System of a Down itself is, you don't really know what it means. Well, System of Down, it's from a poem that uh, one of the band members wrote. I don't I don't know what it is specifically, but there's a line in that poem, something System of a Down, hmm. and it just sounds... Sounds cool. Anti-establishment, like Rage Against the Machine, yeah. System of a Down. So it's yeah. kind of like that. Um, Toxicity is a very political album, of course. Um, they even came out with an album called Steal This Album. So, I mean, that's... That's funny. That's pretty sick. Yeah. And then uh, Mesmerize and Hypnotize, which BYOB is on Mesmerize, uh, very political as well. Um, mm. And at that same time as well, Lamb of God was using their uh, their political means, I guess. Uh, I feel like the first the first album uh, as Burn the Priest. I mean, that's not that political to me. That's yeah. I mean. That's that was the era of Lamb of God where you can barely understand anything that they're saying. Yeah, yeah, at all. Because like, yeah, Cause he, had, the, he had a drinking problem apparently. Yeah, and um, they were pressed for time. I mean, New American Gospel. They're also kind of religious. Yeah. Honestly, they're not even really that. Their lyrics aren't that religious. No, they're not. the The name is the name is obviously course, very very yeah. religious, but um, other than that, they're more political. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as the palaces burn, that's about um, you know. Taking down the man. Yeah, in the title. The, once upper, again. the upper class. Uh, this is the art of ruin. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a great, great album. Very tight it sounding. Um, uh, what was I going to say about that? Um, yeah, but Ashes of the Wake, probably their most political album. Yeah. Um, like System, also very anti Iraq war. Yeah. Um, commentary on the Iraq war. The Iraq war was a big um, talking yeah. point for a lot of people. Indeed. Uh, the title track from that album. Ashes of the Wake, has a sample from a real interview with a Marine Staff Sergeant, Jimmy Massey. Mm-hmm. And he's saying how in Iraq they would kill civilians because they would, or the, the, the enemy soldiers would dress in civilian clothing sometimes. So the Marines, they were basically like, yeah, just kill all the people that are dressed as civilians. And every right. time that they went to recover the bodies, they none of them were soldiers. They were just killing innocent people. Right. And he was saying how I, I can't continue to serve the U.S. Yeah. Marines for this reason. That's really messed up. Yeah. And that um, same kind of thing was happening in Vietnam, too. So I think it's... I don't know if it's just war is so messed up that that's what they resort to, or they're just straight assholes who just like wanted war. To, wanted to 
destabilize. I mean, I'm 100% sure that's what they were doing. They wanted oil. Yeah. If, right. you, st- if you destabilize a country, you can exploit them. I mean, right. that's what we did to Africa. Not us. That's what people did to Africa. Yeah. Mostly Britain. <clears throat> but yeah, Ashes of the Wake, coming back to that. One gun is about a person that assassinates the president and then he becomes a hero because the president is a tyrant. That's basically what that song is. Well, never knew that. Yeah. Um, there's another one. Uh, I mean, way to rest isn't obvious. Yeah. Um, However glass. Yeah. Yep. Very politically charged album. Yes. Fantastic. Very much so. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, if, if the 2000s was characterized by anti-war and uh, anti-Iraq, anti-Bush, wherever you want to say, I feel like nowadays... 2010s moving into the 2020s it's more uh on the politics of the bands are more focused on social issues issues yeah uh, more, more, less than governmental kind of issues more right like, it's more like systematic i guess yeah uh yeah i think the prime example is body count like we've mm-hmm. we've mentioned uh bloodlust and even carnivore their newest one those are Body Count has had a long history of uh, anti-police brutality, Um, Mm. even anti-police. I mean, they've been around since at least the 90s, I want to say, just on and off because Ice-T obviously does a bunch of other other stuff. Yeah. They were kind of thrust in the the limelight back back when they started because of a song called Cop Killer. Mm. That's like their, I want to say that's their their big song but it's their most notorious song for obvious reasons it's it's about killing police because i mean i guess the way they saw it was like if they can kill us as black men we can kill them might as well say something about that and i mean bloodlust had a song called called black hoodie which it's a reference to trayvon martin yeah okay it was one of those and i mean Wearing a hoodie is a political statement now, kind of. Eric Handy because of Trayvon Martin. Right. I mean, that's the that's the point I guess I'm trying to make. Like, there's so many kids like Trayvon where, like, if I'm being honest, I've forgotten half their names because it happens so often. You know? Yeah. That. Yeah. I know and, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and Body Count addresses that, which they're got to got to respect that. And I yeah. mean, Riley Gale for Power Trip obviously respected it enough to kind of join their cause in a way um but power trip even there he he wrote his lyrics very socially in a very socially conscious kind of way yeah firing squad yeah uh at, yeah all of it nightmare logic is i feel like very anti-trump in a way mm. just the name nightmare logic and he like he's he's even said that like mm. we're living to the the times we're living in now, it just seems like a nightmare, and people do things for the wrong reasons. In yeah. A way. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, climate change is another big issue going on nowadays. Right. Not necessarily political, but um, social. Social issue. Yeah. A, a social issue that a lot of bands talk about. Yeah, I mean, cattle decapitation. They they're they're one band where their debt their subject matter is focused on one thing, and that is climate change. Is it really? Yeah, literally every album, every album is like a concept album about climate change. Really? Yeah, it's nuts. Kojira, yeah, they're also very um, climate conscious. They like whales. Yeah, uh, they're, they're like the OG climate 
change kind of band because mm-hmm. I mean, Flying Whales, of course, that's uh, from from Mars to Sirius, which came out in like two thousand five. Yeah. So like, where System and Lamb of God are talking about the war, they're talking about. Jira's talking about the planet as a whole. Yeah, and the animals and yeah. shit like that. They're like spiritual metal. Yes. They're like the spiritual metal band. Yeah, because they like, talk about like spirituality and identity yeah. and all that good stuff. Like. Uh, the way of all flesh. That's obviously a very life. Yeah, like life, just life in general. Very life-centered album. Mm-hmm. Um, however you pronounce that, L'Enfant Sauvage. Yeah, which means the wild child right? in, in French. Yeah, that's um, that's a very uh, environmental album as well. Mm-hmm. It's uh, also, yeah, it's about um, finding yourself and yeah, identity. Right. Um, but they're yes, they're cool. They're, they're flying the, the climate change flag. Sometimes they have floaty whales that they throw at concerts, which I like. Yeah, that's very <laughs> sick. That's so sick. Actually. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Meshuggah. Yep. They're they're more of a, I don't know. You want to take this one? Yeah, they're like like Megadeth with Dystopia. They're. Oh yeah, that's a good analogy. It's like it's warning of our reliance on machinery too much, and if we rely on it too much, which, in my opinion, I think people do rely on technology way too much as as you know i don't really i don't use social media all that much yeah i, I hate being on my phone try to use it as little as possible right um but yeah they're if machines take over that's kind of their what album there's one specific album where they kind of that's kind of the theme of the album i feel like is it coloss might be honestly. or is it that's pretty ironic though because their music sounds like machinery it does it sounds like i think that's the point they're trying to make they yeah they have a very mechanical and um like structured and complex kind of um songwriting right um but at the same time it's like very good yeah very good and i think it was stephen carpenter the one of the guitarists in deftones he said Mashuga is the quantum physics of music. Yeah. Just based on how they write their songs, it's yeah. insane. There's like so much happening all at the same time. Yeah, I've I've uh I've read into that a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, it's um, like machinery in a different way. It doesn't sound mechanical. Like it No, does. no, no. It sounds like someone banging a metal rod on something <laughs> else that's a metallic. Right. It sounds like it someone doesn't sound robotic. No, no, no. It, yeah, I guess that's not the right way to put it. Like they're not in an uh, they're not industrial. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't consider. They're they're gent. That's sure. a good way to. That's a good way to describe them, though. But they're not industrial. Right. It sounds like an. an yeah, I don't know. But they're, it they're sounds like. As fuck. It sounds like someone assaulting a transformer <laughs> with a large metal pipe. Okay. Is how I describe their sound. Fair enough. To the layperson. Yeah, and I mean, dude, they, I, their drummer is probably an android. Like, literally. <laughs> yeah. He, dude, because he, he'll be playing one song with his feet and then doing like. Another song. 50 different things with his hands. Yeah. It's like, what? They're probably the heaviest band in existence. Yeah, they're up there. I mean... Without we, being too heavy, as we've discussed. Right. Like, Primitive Men is super yeah, heavy, but they're not... Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what you are going to say. Yeah, but they're not, like... Good. Not as good as Meshuggah, that's for no. sure. So... It's not heaviness for the sake of heaviness. It's... Their heaviness is very warranted. Right. And it goes... It fits well into their subject matter. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to bring it back. Yeah, I guess just a closing thought. Um, 
we've also seen bands kind of like fight for causes that they care about too like not just in the music but like actually going on and doing it uh going back to metallica i guess i mean this is a <laughs> it's a thing that kind of divided fans and it's probably why lars is my least favorite metallica member he, he, he he's kinda, everyone's <laughs> he's yeah of course but the the whole Napster debacle that happened. Napster. Yeah. Is that what is, is that a streaming platform? It was a streaming platform that it was like the first platform where you could like. The reason that downloading illegal downloading is, exists is because of Lars against Napster essentially, because Napster would allow people to just download all these bands' music for free. Hmm. And Lars literally went to court and said, I mean, you're literally just stealing from us in a way. I mean, I don't remember all the details, but okay. uh, in short, it was, it just looked like kind of a dick move because he's in the most successful metal band of all time. And he's complaining about not getting, I mean, now when you go on YouTube, on iTunes or whatever, you can technically buy a song on iTunes still for like 99 cents or something like that. Yeah. But like at the time it was just a, a weird look for him. Also, I read this thing once where he said, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been tra- practicing to improve my drumming for like two years. <laughs> yeah. Like, bro, what? Yeah. Why are you telling us that? Yeah. Like you haven't been trying to be a better musician. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that, I mean, that's, that's a personal choice, but yeah. come on, man. Do whatever you want. But yeah, come on, man. Like <laughs> that's why he's the, like, in my opinion, the worst of the big four's drummers. He's the reason that Metallica can't be better than Megadeth, I feel like. Can't? I'm sorry, what'd you just say? He's the reason that Metallica can't be better than Megadeth. Can't Megadeth be has, better? Yeah. Because so Megadeth, has Megadeth better drums. is better than Metallica. Yeah, I, I, was, I was just pulling your chain earlier. I think Megadeth is better than Metallica. Okay. In, in terms of a musical, not in terms of success or sales right, or right, anything. Right. I just think they Musician just sound better. Wise. They just sound better. Like, yeah. I, I would choose a Megadeth song over a Metallica song if you looked at all of them together. That's a hot take. It's hot. Is that a hot take? I would say so. I mean, I'm not necessarily disagreeing like with like the you. biggest Megadeth fan in the world right now. Right now, yeah, for the sake of this episode. But uh, I think Megadeth is more... Maybe maybe I've just listened too much to Metallica, but I think yeah, that Megadeth, has, Megadeth is more interesting to me to listen to now. Yeah, and they've they're more consistent. Agreed. Agreed. Like load, reload, Saint Anger, Lulu, f that. Exactly. That's that's garbage, man. Like I, typically I like, I I can find value in like load and reload. I like load a lot. Oh, I like I I like load some of it, but not all of it. Exactly. And like, it's it's such a different sound from Metallica though. Basically, is what you're saying. It's it's inconsistent to. Right, but then they make Lulu, which is literally a flaming piece of shit. Like, so bad. Yeah. Why do you think making an album with Lou Reed is a good idea? Like, love Lou Reed. He's he's a legend. Don't get me wrong. But Metallica plus Lou Reed? That's... They also do stuff with rappers, don't they? Oh. They tried that, Metallica? Metallica? Did you hear about that? Or do you know anything about that? I don't know, honestly. I know Anthrax has, obviously. With, okay, yeah. Uh, Public Enemy. Yeah. Which is sick but they did it right right and right megadeth though they each album they, they don't really have a bad album to me no but risk is probably the worst one and even that has some good songs but the guess. reason that megadeth will never be better than metallica though is because dave mustaine sounds like a wailing 
bird <laughs> when he sings. And that is why Metallica is better than Megadeth. Uh, moving on, <laughs> though. Got anything else? Uh... I know you like Behemoth. Uh, they've I had do. they've had some issues in their home country of Poland uh, with like blasphemy laws. Uh, <laughs> like which I is, love it. I know. The I love fact it. That you're man. laughing is is what makes. How are you it gonna ban a musician for saying that's like saying that's like banning someone for writing in their diary? Well, he Nurgle like ripped up a Bible on stage, which I mean Manson has done. Yeah, many times, of course. Still I mean, it should be day. secular. You shouldn't be banned from a country because of your religious beliefs. Right. It's like banning someone for not being a Christian in America. Yeah. It's it's difficult. I guess the last thing we can say, um, the PMRC we talked about last week, um, like the Filthy 15. Yeah. Parental advisory, all that shit. Uh, literally, like, D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. Uh, who else was there? Frank Zappa. Uh, John Denver even like they all went to court against Tipper Gore and hmm. her and her minions. <laughs> uh, they literally like spoke out against how stupid it was. Like yeah, it's it's a First Amendment violation. Like you that's what I'm saying. You you can't ban someone for ripping up a Bible. Yeah, from a country. Right. Same deal with uh, the Filthy Fifteen. I mean, it's it, it's yeah, the First Amendment. Exactly. So. I just uh, say what you will about politics and metal, but it's it's got its place. And when you see the band members them, themselves like fighting for the causes they care about, like, yeah, participating, yeah, you know it's it's bigger than the music, and they kind of them talking about it in the music is does does do politics belong in metal? I say yes, to to an extent, of course. Agreed. Um, because all these bands we just talked about are like some of the all-time greats. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I would agree. Yeah, it has its place. Of course. Yeah. Top five. Protest songs in no particular order: "Killing in the Name," "The Nobodies" by Marilyn Manson, "Freedom," two rage songs. So uh, now you've got something to die for. Oh, that's a good one. I did not think of that. Yeah, and then uh, "For Whom the Bell Tolls." Okay. By Metallica. Very solid. Uh, interesting. Two Rage songs, which is very fair. Yeah. Oh, dude. Now you've got something to die for. I didn't the the beginning riff is so yeah, hard. It's so fucking hard. It's in Drop D. Oh, Drop D. Yeah. Good old drop it's basically D. about war. Of course. Um, like we've been discussing. It's like... Ashes of the Wake, man. I mean... Yeah. Didn't bring that up. Didn't bring that specific song up when we were talking about it, but... That, that's the one I forgot about. I think yeah. the lyric in that one, the reason I put that one in, in there is because the lyric is... You finally made it home, yeah. draped in the flag that you fell for. Yep. And it's basically saying, like, you came home, but now in you're, a body like, bag. you're in a body bag. Yeah. And you're wrapped up in this flag, but right. it's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think after he screams, now you've got something to die for, I think one of the first lines is, like, send the children to the fire. Stack the something, something, burn yeah. the pyre, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's like you're sending your kids. Into a furnace. Right, essentially, like literally, the government is making its own citizens, its own children, go fight for them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you've been seeing lately, but all these memes about, uh, like being eighteen, can't yeah can't, can't yeah buy a cigarette, can't buy a beer, but I can go die in a war. Yeah, which is which is totally messed. Weird up. to think about. But it is. That's beside the point. <laughs> anyway, my top five protest songs. Uh, 
Might have to make an honorable mention for uh, what'd you bring up earlier? Flight Song by Marilyn Manson. I didn't put Ooh. that, but it's it's a that's more of a religious. Yeah, but I just feel like that that's his revenge song to me after Columbine. That's yeah. like him just saying "fuck you all." Fight song. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, point the finger, which was my song rec from mm-hmm. last week. It's it's a modern one, uh, so that's that's why I put that in there. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, peace cells. Yep. Of course. Um, War pigs. There you go. Uh, Byob and uh, killing in the name is my number one because yeah, I, I put that at the top because it's the yeah. first one that comes to mind. I mean, yeah. come on now. It's it is the protest song. Yeah. So yeah. Pick of the week. Mine is Denzel Curry's cover of Bulls on Parade. Have you seen that? I have. Yeah, it's, it's live. Good. Go watch it. Link will be in the description. It's cool. Yeah. does a great job covering it. Denzel Curry is also cool. It's uh, sick. Yeah. His, his other stuff is great. Um, what do you got? Another un- kind of underground kind of guy. Um, yeah, he's he's blowing up a little more now. Yeah, he is. Um, he, he did start off kind of smaller. Uh, I think smaller. when Ultimate came out, that's what kind of pushed him over the over the edge into popularity because mm-hmm. that – that song was everywhere when it came yeah. out, obviously. Um, I, I do like that version, though, because he, he does, like, a freestyle over the guitar solo. Yeah, Which yeah. Rage doesn't do, obviously, yeah. but it's good. Uh, mm. My pick of the week is also Rage. Uh, it's their first album. Mm. Um, Just the whole thing? The whole thing. Go Absolutely. listen to it now. Yeah, it's, it's their best album, probably the best political metal album ever made. Uh, and th- the reason I say that is because I would... Me wearing this Megadeth shirt, you'd think I would pick Megadeth for mm-hmm. a, the the title of something like that, but it it's it means more coming from me me being a white guy. It's like rage. It's it's a an African American singer, so it, it sounds like it means more coming from him, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead of Dave Dave Mustaine, who's also white. I mean, you can hate what's going on, of course, but it just means more hearing it from someone that's going through it. Who's yeah going through it more so? So yep. and and like we said, that album is came out almost thirty years ago, and it's mm. probably more relevant probably, now. Probably than, more relevant. Yeah. Also, the riffs on it are <laughs> yeah. immense. Tom Morello might be the might have been the king of heavy riffs if he hadn't have made three albums that were garbage after Rage. They're not garbage. Three albums Evil that Empire were is a great album. Eh, it is. I'll have to revisit it. My only critique against the Evil Empire is some of the choruses are more repetitive. Mm. Like, just the first album is the most original. I I would say Evil Empire is equally heavy. Maybe. Not quite, but almost. It's just that there's something lost there compared mm. to the first one. And like yeah. you said, you can't really top an album yeah, like that, so it's tough. It's one of the best metal albums of all time. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Much better than that. Yeah, every song is a protest. So yep. it's sick. Trivia. Trivia, yeah. What you got? Uh yeah, I'm glad you're letting me go first because mine sticks on the on the rage subject. So hope you're ready to lose again though. Shut uh, the hell up. Let the record state I am two and oh and you no, are No you're not. I have Yeah. To... Yeah, yeah. Bro. I... No, last one was a tie, Manson. Because of a technicality. I'm just saying my my record is two and zero. For what? First, would you would you ask me first? Slipknot's first singer. Yeah. And then, uh, who coined the term black yeah. metal? You're two and zero, and I'm one and one. One. How does it make sense? How I should be zero and two if you're two and zero. No, I mean. Oh, I, okay. Because I, like we record. can both get it right. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, who, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Sure. Whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> 
Sticking on the subject of rage, Tom Morello. His family was critical in the forming of which modern country? Country? United Arab Emirates. No, but that's kind of close, I guess. What is it? Kenya. He, he helped create Kenya? No, like, I'm not even kidding. What the like, hell? His, his dad was a revolutionary in, like, their, like like I said, modern country. I mean, Kenya's probably been around for right, 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 who right. knows how long. Yeah. But, like, the modern political state of Kenya. Right, right. His dad was a freedom fighter in the revolution. His uncle... One of his uncles was one of the first presidents of Kenya. Uh, another uncle was the first ambassador to the United States from Kenya. And one of his uncles was like a parliament, one of the Kenyan parliament members. So Wow. Yeah, so pretty crazy background. And there's this kind of funny story that Thomas told when, when he moved to America because um, I think he was born in Kenya, actually. I okay. Think, I could be wrong, but he grew up in America, and I think somewhere in Illinois, in like a pretty yeah. suburban white neighborhood, and all the kids thought he was like this Kenyan prince, because like all his family, he has a, like, ties yeah, to exactly. Kenya. That's so, funny. It is pretty funny, but yeah, Tom Morello, Kenya. One and three for me. <laughs> One and two. One and two for me for trivia. Yeah. The cover, mine's also a Rage one. Okay. The cover of their first album features a photo of who and what was that person protesting. Oh, yeah. Jesus. And the reason I'm asking this question is because that album cover is famous AF. Yeah. I Um, mean, the picture was famous. The picture, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. I mean, that image is very, very famous and it's on everything. It influences the music, like we said. Do you want his actual name? You don't have to tell me his name. But who who was he? I know he was a monk who was protesting. What was he? You have to give me his background, too. Not just that he was a monk. So I've been giving you multiple parters the past couple episodes. So now you're getting me back. Yeah. (laughs) Damn you. It's hard, huh? It is hard. I know. Did. Jesus. Like I said, I think. Not trying to like diverge too far, but I know like he wasn't the only one who did that. No, but that like, image. No, was... I know, I know. I'm just saying like monks in was it Thailand? Uh, is that your guess? Is that your answer? No, it's not. Yes, my it answer. is. No, what? He said Thailand. I did say it was a guess though. I I, I shouldn't be. You uh... want the country? What do you want me to say right now? Who was it? I I know he, he okay. was a monk. What kind of monk? What country? And what was he oh, protesting that's, in his that's country? so much. There's no way. <laughs> I know it was somewhere over there. Somewhere, over there. Somewhere not, not... Where were monks burning themselves? Was it... It wasn't Thailand. Jeez, uh, dude. You're killing me. Final answer. Yeah, I don't know. He was a monk who lit himself on fire in protest of some religious freedom or something. I don't know. That's my so. best guess. His name is here. I don't know how to say it. He was a Vietnamese Buddhist monk in Saigon in 1963. And he was protesting the president's administration for oppressing the Buddhist religion. He he performed self-immolation. Right. There's a video of him performing that self-immolation on YouTube, and it's very intense, and I watched it, and then I cried. 
Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, it's intense. He like pours gasoline on himself and then just right. like dies. Yeah. And everyone around him is like, "Holy shit!" Right. That's um, that's some major shock value right there. Two and one for Brendan. Yeah, my my first loss. That was that was a really good one. Because um, dude, you knew I would. I should know that. You know what I mean? Because that's. I just I, talked I did, about that album. That I didn't, album is I didn't my know, pick of the week, and I don't even know the whole story about it. I didn't it. know if you were going to know it, but I I figured that there might be a chance that you'd get it. Right. But it was, yeah. I got like a yeah, portion of it. Yeah, I got a quarter of it. Yeah. One hot minute. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I know mine is a little more serious than yours, but I just want to address the fact that, I mean, metal is... Metal in general is a pretty shit on music genre. Uh, yeah. From other people, at least. I Agreed. Mean, us being metal fans, like, we live it, we breathe it kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, We're surrounded by hip-hop. Hip-hop. Yeah. People that listen to hip-hop don't really like metal that much. TBH. Right. Um, but I think the thing about metal, one of the things about metal that people shit on is, like, oh, it's just a bunch of guys talking about, I mean, war for one. Screaming. It's just a just, bunch of guys that scream. Right. That, that's a common one. Et cetera. I mean, all this garbage. Uh, I, I, I'm probably just biased because I listen to metal more than anything, but I feel like it's the most, of all music genres, it's the most socially conscious. They're mm. not afraid to address things that other people are afraid to address. I mean, I just feel like metal is like the news in a way, it, but like in a, in a cool way. Okay. It's the best form of the news because it's, it's the most relevant. In, in, in terms of what they speak about, like body mm-hmm. count being the modern example, I'd say. Um, yeah. Everyone we've talked about today has a, a purpose or the message they're trying to get across is bigger than the music itself. Yeah. And no offense. I mean, I'm sure hip hop can, uh, they definitely address racial injustice, of course. Mm-hmm. But I feel like country, it's just all about having a good time. Yeah. You know, Hip hop, I mean, yeah, def- hip hop definitely does. Does you get uh, the point I'm trying to make? Yeah, like, I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I guess, all I had to say. I guess just give it another chance. Uh, to the to the detractors. To the haters. Give it out another there. chance. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I'll shut up. Go okay. <laughs> My one hot minute, sweaty mosh pit guys. You know that guy that's like a waterfall after like two songs yeah and you're in the mosh pit and you're having a great time and he just bumps into you and you're like oh my god buddy. yeah do you get like uh, you get like I a slap in the face with like water I'm like dude why are you like sweating so much <laughs> like you literally bump shoulders with them and, and you're, you're, you're wet like now wet. yeah it's like oh fuck. and then the worst part is those guys are usually the biggest ones mm-hmm. and they're they have long hair too so they're, yep. they're like greasy like tangled up hair hits you in the face too and it's like bro are you serious right now yeah and you know metal concerts are mostly guys yeah like 90 percent guys 90, I'd say 90 is a good number. Yeah. And most of them are sweaty mosh pit guys. Um, if you're a sweaty mosh pit guy, I, I don't know. You can't really control it. But <laughs> just try to mosh a little bit less, I guess. And don't bump Bro, into me. Bro, what? This is your one hot minute? You're going to tell people I'm to mosh kidding. less? I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I just have gripes with sweaty mosh pit guys. I don't really sweat that much. Mm-hmm. Like, significantly less than the average person I sweat. Okay. Um. So, yeah, it, when I first started going to concert, I was just like, okay, yeah. Yeah, but that's, in my opinion, that's part of the fun. I it mean, is. It sucks. It's gross a little bit, but yeah. it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's out, because that's not going to happen to you on a normal day, obviously. No. Like when it's you like go playing to a, sports. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's, it's a workout. Yeah. 
Moshing is a workout. Oh, it is. If you worked out, you could mosh better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. That'll that'll wrap it up for me. (laughs) Okay. That was less than a minute. Song Wreck. Grace by Lamb of God. Oh, that's a good one. Yep. There's a little cool little intro um not acoustic but it's just not you know it's not um yeah heavy and then the, it comes back in the middle of the song and right. it's electrified and it's good and i was gonna say um our next episode is gonna be pantera versus lamb of god my song wreck is in honor of that as yours just was as well and which, which is perfect because I'm, I'm guessing yours is gonna be a pantera song correct and uh i was just gonna say though one a, a little sneak preview for next week we're gonna sure. We're going to, the whole subject of next week's episode is... Who's the best groove metal band of all time? Yeah, and Pantera versus Lamb of God, because they're definitely the two best. And one of my uh, reasons for Lamb of God not being, you know, I'm going to side with Pantera. I'll, I'll spoil that right now. We're going gonna... to start that right now? We can't start that. No, right I know. I'm just, I'm just saying, based on the song wreck you just gave me. Sure. Grace is the one example where I'm wrong in what I'm about to say. I feel like... Lamb of God can't, not that they can't write a ballad, but Pantera has slower songs, which I respect more. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Lamb, Lamb, Lamb of God, God is just has... like, every song, yeah, they, don't, okay. they don't ever write a ballad. Sure. But Grace is a song where it's... It's kind of a ballad. Yeah, kind of. It's not a ballad, but it's, uh, yeah. It's, I get it's different. Yeah, it's not their typical well, kind of song. I think it's because Randy Bly doesn't sing. He just like isn't a good singer. He never has... Oh, he can... Dude, Memento Mori, the new album he sings, the whole intro is just... Oh, is that him? Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I wasn't can. sure. He can. It's just he's a better he, screamer, obviously. Yeah. But he never ever sings, really, like except for Memento Mori. Like, before that, I don't think he ever... There's like no yeah. clean vocals in Lamb of God's whole discography up until that point. Yeah. Unless it's a spoken word. A spoken word right. passage. But he doesn't yeah, sing, sing. Right. And honestly, his singing vocals aren't great. They're not great. But they're not bad. Yeah, that's why he screams more. I take it back. Stick to what you're best at, right? True. Um, um, so what's yours? Yeah, Pantera. Uh, from the Reinventing the Steel reissue, mm-hmm. uh, one of the previously unreleased tracks, there's at least two previously un- unreleased. The best one, though, is one called Immortally Insane. Okay. It. I think they wrote it for like a movie soundtrack. Don't know what movie back then, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. It's good because it's like it's new Pantera, you know. Like yeah, yeah. So I was super excited. Cool. When I came across it, so I just wanted to share that with you and everyone else. So immortally mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, and uh, we'll get into Pantera and Lamb of God next week. So. Tune in to see who the best groove metal band <laughs> of all time is. Yeah. Um. In the meantime, tune into the Hours of Power on Impact eighty nine FM every Thursday night from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. It's always a mouthful to say, but... Pour yourself a little drink. If you're... It could be anything. It could be water. Yeah. It can... Hang out with some friends, listen to metal, talk about metal. And uh, Sarah is the host of that show. Oh, yeah. Or Lilith is her... That's dope. It's her DJ name. I'm Uh, Pagan Saint, so... Right. We're going to have Pagan Saint Lilith and Flum on the next one. Yeah, and their unnamed nameless intern... Is, is what they refer to him as. I don't know. I don't know who is he, he is. Is he an intern? Or? He's he, the co-host. He's like the co-host who doesn't speak on on air. Like oh. I said, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but All right. they're going to be our guests on this show. Not next week because you and me are. No, not next week. Are having. Uh, we're we're, we're going to get into it. 
we're having a battle next week, you and I. I might then, throw this microphone at him. Yeah. I he might, might. No, no, no. And I, that's might, not... and I might be be with his mic stand. So we'll, we'll see. What Brendan, if anything, Brendan would throw that microphone at me. I wouldn't. I would be saying some smart ass shit and he'd throw that at me. I'd, I'll be like. Why? Because I'd say something like, Dimebag Daryl can't play guitar. He can but only like, play why, flying why would, why would you say that? I'm just saying. <laughs> that's something I would say that to, 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 to provoke you. But yeah, right. they're, they're, <laughs> they're going to be the first guests um, that we have on the show. Yeah. Um, not next week, or yeah, not next week. The week after, and yeah, uh, I guess another thing we wanted to address going forward, uh, as you could probably tell from the last episode and now this episode, we switched to a single cam format. Yeah. Uh, we should have said at the beginning, but yeah, yeah, that's all right. I mean, single cam format. It's way easier for us to edit. Uh, last time we were having issues with it, but yeah, and we just want to have more graphics on. On screen, as you have obviously seen. Yeah, we beefed up the graphics last episode. Yeah. A little bit more. And uh, I think that's what we wanted to say about that. Just housekeeping items. I guess the last mm-hmm. thing that we wanted to say that we forgot to say last episode. At the time this episode right now airs, the election will have been passed. So we, we can't say go out and vote, which obviously... Yeah, which I tried to do, but then I remembered that time exists. Right. Time um, does exist. Um, well... It's a construct. Yeah. Oh, there is one final, final thing. Final, final, final thing. We got a comment. We got oh, two we? comments okay. on our so, last on our last thing. So on the Halloween episode. On the Halloween episode. Okay. So Antonio said we should talk about Slipknot even more in the next episode. Okay. I I was gonna bring up to you. I think we could do a whole Slipknot episode if you I'm wanted done. to. Oh yeah. At some point in the future. So for sure. Thank you for engaging Antonio. yeah thank you and thank and then you for watching he also said also city morgue should get discussed and that's the second city time morgue, absolutely someone dude. has told me to check out city morgue so we'll definitely be doing that it was probably um, me because i love city morgue that might they're, be three times they're an underground uh rap Pop. group yeah, yeah. Um, um we'll put them on the metal bands who aren't metal or we might just put them on hip-hop metal that yeah might we be could do a thing. whole episode about that we'll see city morgue is a big they're very influenced by slipknot which is probably why he said that okay so yeah um yeah uh one last, last thing, uh, since we didn't say go out and vote last time, uh, I guess it's probably a good thing to say, no matter, we don't, at the time of us filming this, we don't know who's won the election. Hopefully yeah. we will by the time this episode airs. Right. Um, whoever does win, though, just be good to each other out there. I mean, we're, we're living in crazy times, uh, and one of the reasons we started this Metal Pod is to celebrate what we love. More so, bring people together. Yeah, not to exactly not to um, tear them apart. Yeah, and metal, as we've discussed, is a very inclusive community, and we're glad that you're here watching this. And uh, glad you're engaging with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just be good to each other out there, and remember, uh, we uh, there's more things that bring us together than tear us apart. So well said. Yes. Peace out. On that note, metal. Hear it again. Always. You've been listening to The Metal Pod, a production of Impact 89FM. Our thanks to Impact's general manager, Jeremy Whiting, station manager, Amber Kinutsky, and programming director, McKenna Lowndes. Tune in next time for more updates on all things metal. The Metal Pod!